Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Father, 
We thank you for the truth found in your word. In the book of Psalms, you tell us, your word is a lamp to guide our feet and a light for our path. You remind us to meditate on your word day and night, to pray without ceasing. Your word also tells us in the book of Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Thank you, God, for giving us your word so that we might hear it and read it in order to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and then become more like Jesus as we follow him with the help of the Holy Spirit. May your words flow through my mouth and may each of us have open ears and receptive hearts to hear what you would have us hear today. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. I'm Brian Orsten, married to my high school sweetheart, Jenny, for almost 32 years, dad of 12 kids, follower of Jesus Christ, and one of seven elders here at Open Door. I'm an active member of uh, the Recovery Church family here, and I'm blessed, quite literally, beyond imagination, to be part of the incredible volunteer youth ministry family here at Open Door. For the past three years, I've served as a small group leader. And for the past three months, I've been the point person for our 7th through 12th grade youth ministry. We're blessed with over 40 adults involved with preschool through 12th grade, including 21 small group leaders in elementary in the elementary grades and 12 small group leaders in the high school grades. That's at least 33 Pauls, biblical mentors, and at least another dozen Barnabases, biblical encouragers, pouring into our young people, our Timothys, numbering well over 200, and growing here at our Open Door Campus. Fourth through sixth graders meet right in this room, and at the North 40, where our high schoolers meet. Think back to the video that we just watched. The kids' video is a snapshot of our youth, growing up in our church family. In the first number of years of life, a child's parents makes virtually all their choices for them. We might have walked with our child to their first day of youth activities as they clutched our hand. We might have even stayed to watch them hesitantly sing during worship. As parents, we're the ones that made the decision to have our young child join or not join church activities. But each year that went that goes by, as parents we know what happens. Our kids become more and more independent. By the time our kids are in sixth grade, they want us to give us they want us to give them more space and maybe not hang out with them as much in group settings, if at all. Then they become teens and push away from us even more. It's part of life. I've experienced it as a teenager and as a parent of teenagers. It's natural as our teens work out. Who am I? Do I matter? Do others really know me? Do others know what I've done? Would they accept me still if they did? Does anyone really care about what I'm feeling, thinking about? Or even believe? 
you know what I could do today or in the future? Who is Jesus to me? What does Jesus mean in my everyday life? As parents, we respond to each of those questions with, of course. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. Of course I care. And that's just it. We're our child's parent. We're expected to care. We're expected to pay attention to our kids and encourage them and love on them unconditionally. Yet, as they grow, at the same time, our kids are trying to figure out who they are beyond mom, beyond dad, beyond grandma and grandpa. They're looking for their own identity. Our youth are bombarded constantly by others and by media about who they should be and what and who they should believe. As parents, we need our church family to roll up our sleeves and be invested, be present, instead of sitting on the sidelines wondering how messed up our world has become. As followers of Christ, the Word of God never tells me to be an armchair quarterback and shake my head at the mess of this world and yet do absolutely nothing about the world right around me. The Word of God doesn't tell you or I that once our kids are grown, we've served our time, and now it's someone else's responsibility, someone else's problem. The Word of God doesn't give us permission to hide from engaging our youth because we're uncomfortable or don't understand young people today. Our youth, especially our teens, our kids, need other Christ-following adults in their lives to be present, to listen, to love them unconditionally as they work out who Jesus is to them personally and who they are as a follower of Christ once they trust him as their Savior. Jesus took 12 average, ordinary guys and poured into them over three years. And Jesus took three of those guys and went even deeper, spent more meaningful time with those three. Jesus showed us the importance of being present in the lives of people who aren't ours by birth. Jesus was present and authentic over a number of years in relationship. And the disciples' hearts became like his. They learned to love others and to teach others to love Jesus. Paul was a mentor, a committed small group leader to Timothy, Barnabas, as well as others. The question could be asked, why did Timothy even need Paul in his life? After all, Timothy's grandmother and mom were both Christ followers. Wasn't that enough? God's word gives us real stories of mentors because we, need, we each, each one of us, older or younger, need mentors in our lives. Our youth need mentors, small group leaders in their lives. In fact, they hunger for it. A few weeks ago, I asked our youth if they came to youth group because someone made them come. Not a single one said that. They were, made, they were forced to come. Every one of them chooses to be part of youth group and small groups.
a couple of weeks ago, there was a, around 100 youth along with 16 adults at North 40 on a Wednesday night. Every single student chose to be there. Why? And why? Why would they choose to be there? In the age of the internet, the smartphone, the speed at which life moves today, why? They're hungry for something more in this life. They know there is something more. Each week during worship, during youth worship, some small group leaders and youth gather together to pray during the music. Like Romans chapter 1 verse 16, our youth are not ashamed of the gospel and the power of Christ because it is the power of God at work within each of them as they surrender to Jesus and approach him in prayer together. There are students in our youth groups who pray together before meals at school. There are students who talk to others about Jesus. I look at this photo and I realize that as a parent, this is my heart's cry for my children, that they would choose Jesus. As elders at the open door, this is our heart's cry for each of you. As small group leaders, this is our heart's cry for each of our youth. As followers of Christ, this should be our heart's cry for each other to experience. This trust, this love, this acceptance to become completely invulnerable and real with each other as we call out in prayer to our Father in heaven. Our youth want more. 1 Timothy 4, verses 8 through 12, Paul, the mentor, the mentor, is communicating with Timothy, his student in faith. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. And this is key, especially for our youth who are followers of Christ. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your honor. And later in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul continues to communicate with Timothy. Indeed, all who desire to live godly lives in Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, and each of our young people. Continue in the things that you have learned and firmly believed, since you know from whom you've learned them. From infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through 
faith in Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed. This entire book is the word of God. God inspired, God breathed. We can trust it. By faith, we need to trust it. It's useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that the man of God, or the woman of God, may be complete and fully equipped for every good work. This is what we hope for as small group leaders, to help our students work through their relationships with Jesus and what that looks like. That takes time. It requires a relationship with our students. Some of our small group leaders have been with their same group of students for two years, three years, even five years. Today, as a sibling in Christ, I want to challenge each of you to wrestle with the Holy Spirit and ask Him, What would you have me do, God? Then listen, really listen. Is he calling you to get out of your comfort zone and get involved with youth? Is he calling you out of retirement to get involved with our youth? Is he calling you to be courageous despite being nervous and hesitant to really trust him and become a small group leader? We have information in the back by Cindy, our kids ministry director, about a number of opportunities from dipping your toe in the water of youth ministry all the way to high cliff jumping right into the middle of a small, being a small group leader. It takes time to earn trust. It takes time to earn the confidence of students. Cindy would love to visit with you about our youth ministry. Jaden would love to visit with you about our 4th through 6th grade ministry. I would love to visit with you about our 7th through 12th grade ministry. And so would a number of our small group leaders. Maybe you've never, for that matter, a number of our student leaders, a number of our students would love to visit with you about it, I'm sure. Maybe you've never thought, the thoughts never occurred to you of being part of a youth ministry, whether it's serving food or being with first graders, or being with ninth graders. Maybe you even thought there's no way you could ever connect with students today. Maybe you don't even realize it. Your heart has simply been waiting to be asked to join this incredible youth ministry family. I'm asking you now. And Cindy and Jaden and I will continue to ask going forward in private conversations. Our youth matter. If you've never put your trust in Jesus as a complete payment for your shortcomings or your sins, for your sins, choose today to be the beginning of your forever with Jesus. There are a number of us, including in some of the prayer corners afterwards, there are a number of us who would love to tell you about becoming a new person through Jesus. I'm a new person because of Jesus. A number of our students, a lot of our students are a new person because of Jesus.
John 14, verse 6, Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through Jesus. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, it's one of the requirements to be a small group leader. There's other expectations as well. Loving youth, loving kids, loving people. But if you know Jesus as your personal Savior and you want to experience more of God in your life, then let's talk. Because it's in our uncomfortableness, it's in our weakness that God becomes more known to us as we trust him to guide us. And finally, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul prays a prayer that as I look at our youth leaders, as I look into the hearts of our youth ministry family here at Open Door, as these followers of Jesus walk alongside, not perfectly, as they do life with, there's bumps, there's hiccups, as they teach, listen, love, and pray with and for our youth. Our youth ministry family breathes this prayer of Paul's into our youth. And today, I pray this passage over each of our volunteers, over each of our seniors, over each of our youth, and over each of you here and online. Let's pray. God, our Father, in the name of Jesus, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to you, our Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you, Father, will empower our seniors, our youth ministry family, each of our youth and each person here and online with inner strength through your spirit, God, then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in Jesus. As we trust you, Jesus, I pray that each of our spiritual roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep each of us strong. May each one of us have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is, God, for each one of us. May each of us experience the love of Christ, though it is far too great for us to completely understand. Then each of us, through faith in Jesus, will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within each of us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ever ask for or think. Glory to God in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. In the precious, powerful, holy name of the Lord of Lords, our Savior Jesus. Amen.